Chicha, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 22 of the Tom Deck and Hyman Show. Woo! Woo! Exactly. That's my co-host, Tom. Hi. How you doing? And we have two special guests with us. Please introduce yourselves. Hello, it's Tim. Thank you for having me. My, my name's Cameron. Yes. yes Cameron's All that back. and more. Cameron's back. It's been a couple of months since we heard from Cameron. It has. It has. Ooh. What? Oh, just quickly. Uh, EU referendum. Which way, which way did you vote? I voted for me. Okay. We're here Next in the Brexit topic. <laughs> We're in the Brexit bunker. All that and more. First, we're How does talk- it feel to be on the wrong side of history? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what's it's coming a up? tragic fucking saga, <laughs> What's coming up on this episode, I'm We're going to be diving straight into the license fee. Do Which we need it? Fee? Oh, the license fee. The one that... You always forget to pay. You, you always have to remember to kind of go like, wait, do I watch that? No, I stream everything. You can't remember which one it is, can you? Oh, it's the BBC, baby. The big black license fee. <laughs> and then following that, we're asking the question, is there a need for a new political party or more than one political party? Please, the only party you need to go to is... Our well, party. I'm at it. <laughs> the Brexit bunker party. Brexit bunker party. Women not represented at all, let alone underrepresented in the Brexit bunker. And we remixed Jerusalem over and over again. God, this is like the longest. In your in- God here this is the longest intro in the world. Well, quick Let's question. Let's keep it going. And the final question we're going to ask each other, because you can't answer back. Are you watching the Olympics? At all. At all? I'm watching it avidly. Yeah, I think it's awesome. All right, well, we'll talk about that later. In HD. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Tom, Dick and Hyman show, episode 22. From Kicking double digits off. and know each other. Yeah. Don't know what that meant. Kicking us off, we're talking about the BBC <laughs> and independence. <laughs> the license fee, really, specifically. Should it be scrapped? Well, okay, quick question. Who here watches the BBC? Me. Me too. I put BBC oh, News on when I'm getting dressed in the morning, so it's yeah. just on in the background. And I, I sort of instinctively, I instinctively dislike the BBC on a cultural we'll get level. Into, ooh, we'll Why? get into that because it's far too cultured. We'll get into eyebrow. that. So the uh, the TV license was introduced just after World War Two to finance the BBC. All right, I want to ask another quick question. What do people think the license fee is used for? Well. Round table here, quickly go around before we actually get onto that it, question. It funds the BBC. It just funds for new programs. And... It's just thrown at the building, and then they kind of go like, "Yeah, we know what to do with it." Thanks you know for where Graham Norton's rent, boys. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's why it was better on Channel Four. <laughs> but post World War Two, there was only one channel, BBC. Yeah. So it seemed only kind of fair that TV adverts hadn't been invented yet that the public would finance one and only TV channel. Well, I mean, it's. It's not crazy. I mean, you had in America, you had other countries like Canada that was... Not, CBC they've got. Yeah. yeah, they've all got national broadcasting companies, but yeah. they still had adverts. They just designed it into the programming. So the fee currently stands at £145, but only 49 quid if you have a black and white TV. It's been frozen at that rate for the last five years, I think maybe even six years. It's due to go up, and it's going to go up in line with annual inflation it's the only thing that, going up in line with like inflation two percent maybe something under that maybe just a bit under and th- they've justified this raise by saying they need more money yeah because the government the tories 
I think it might have been the coalition, actually, the coalition government, Lib Dem Tories, they wrangled it that the BBC would have to start paying for pensioners because the government used to pay for pensioners, BBC, like uh, their licence fee for pensioners mm. on their behalf. But now was, the government can't yeah, afford it anymore, some so the BBC sort of, has to do it. Some sort of compromise. Yeah. But the BBC is... I should have researched this better. But the BBC must have other ways of, of raising revenue as well because people forget they, they own a lot of property. IP, you mean like intellectual, intellectual well, property, both, but yeah. also f- physical, physical property, liquid assets, as liquid well, assets, yeah. and they, you know, they don't pay rent on like broadcasting house. <laughs> you know, they own the what? bill. I didn't know that. Well, they probably own it, don't they? I don't know. They probably bought it for cheap. I don't know. know if they own the land. Having the BBC funded in this way, publicly funded, do you think that it basically guarantees that, that there'll never be any like corporate interests involved? Where you know, remember the Telegraph. I think HSBC invests in the Telegraph. Yeah. And then when HSBC got embroiled in a scandal, the Telegraph wouldn't write about it because they, yeah, obviously they're like a sponsor and you can't talk shit about your sponsors. So last year, (laughs) former culture secretary, John Whittingdale, who was uh, subsequently fired by Theresa May, Mm. she became prime minister. So he proposed that the BBC licence fee should be scrapped completely last year. But he backed down after both the public and like backbench opposition. There was a bit of like outrage about his idea because the BBC is very much beloved. Well, is it beloved or has it just been around for so long and people are sick yeah, of change? It's kind of Pavlonian. Uh, it is. It has become a part of like British culture. The British Broadcasting Corporation is. But one compromise he did get is that uh, there's this thing called the BBC iPlayer loophole, right? Mm. Now, you might not know, but on BBC iPlayer, they stream live programming. Right? Yeah. And if you watch the live stream as it's going out, you have to pay the license fee. Right. Mm. But what you can do is you can wait a couple of minutes after the program started, then start streaming it and go back to the beginning. And technically, that's not live streaming. Yeah, you can do that for free. It's basically the system when they had a, you can rewind your television. Yeah, but from September now, you're going to have to pay to be able to do that, to use the BBC iPlayer in that way. Really? Yeah. But if it's online, though, within a couple of days, someone will find some but it, no, but way it, of hacking it. it and probably like a VPN, something like that. There's always a way someone yeah, but if you're already paying the license fee, how does this affect you? Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't affect af- many it, people. It doesn't yeah. affect, it doesn't, it's not a grand change. It's no. more of like a, adding a comma at the, in the middle of a sentence. Yes, it changes the intention slightly, but you're still getting the information there. Yeah, it's just you were getting something for free before. But you now didn't even know it. For it. Yeah. So what? is it fair though? Are the BBC, like, is it out of line that people should have to pay for BBC iPlayer? Well, as long as it contributes to quality of programming, then I don't mind. Because like Hyman says, it's not that many people who would be affected. Projected to raise like £150 million, this proposal. I mean, in essence, what that's going to do is more for international uh, uh, countries and um, opening up the the countries that do get the iPlayer with it, that don't pay for a BBC America. Mm. Not a BBC, a BBC International. Worldwide. Yeah, well, well, yeah. It'll basically mean that people have to pay for it there. Over here, it doesn't really affect us. Mm. Yeah. What uh, do you think the Netflix model like could that work? Fiverr, uh, like a Fiverr, still... was it Fiverr a month? Yeah, I do. Has like it gone Netflix. up now? No, it's Fiverr a month. I presume it's yeah. I like Netflix, but you spend more time when you've like watched the first it's a, like a fair number of series. You spend more time searching through for something good to watch than you do actually watching the programming because I they've f- got a lot of shit piled in there as well. But then Netflix only works on today because we've got what 60 70 years worth of programming they've bought up yeah movies, the bbc yeah. still makes modern normal not not sorry modern progressive programming it still makes stuff it makes yeah, more than that. netflix yeah. netflix is spending eight billion pounds 
from now to next year making new programming. Yeah, okay. Talking or maybe like, $8 billion, So Yeah, if you're going to do a Netflix system, uh, it's going to have to separate itself. It's going to be iPlayer, which isn't BBC. It is a separate yeah. system. Like, you can buy it on your Sony television. Yeah, it kind of is, though, already. Well, like, no. Like, um, when you get the Kindle Fire thing. No, not Kindle Fire, excuse me. The the, the TV, the USB plug-in for TVs. And you yeah. can then do uh, live streaming. And you can get Netflix and BBC iPlayer. And I think iPlayer already is yeah. kind of its own brand. That's, that's Just the take thing. the BBC bit out. It's going to have to separate itself slightly more. I think I think iPlayer is already a strong brand, don't you guys? Like, I don't know anyone who says BBC iPlayer. Everyone just says iPlayer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know I mean, I I, I I link it very heavily to the BBC in my mind. But what about you guys? What do you think? I like iPlayer. It's a good chance to catch up on some quality programming. Use it a lot? No. I think I've used it once Ooh. at all by mistake. Ooh. But uh, you were trying to get on 4OD. I get it. No, my, in terms of like my my television watching, really since the advent of of the internet and YouTube has has, has plummeted. Whereas before, in the evenings, you'd, I'd come home and watch TV. Yeah. Now you sort of go online and you can sort of watch what you want on YouTube. So <laughs> so even though my viewing habits have changed, like I said, with the advent of the internet, I still like the idea of the BBC in terms of continuity. And when I say continuity, it's, it's sort of comforting that you, you have all these different programmes, but you'll get a sort of cross-pollination of uh, presenters and, and personalities. And it, it, does, it does feel like its own little entity, the BBC. I mean, in essence, this is also partly a conversation about do we need broadcast channels? Do we need channels that are specifically, we'll show a little bit of everything throughout the day and we'll vary our um, programming? Or do we want channels like... I don't know, like Comedy Channel that only plays comedy stuff. Is that where TV's going now? We because well, it simplifies we're so- life a lot if you just like break everything into subcategories. Um, and I think it removes some of the character and quality to the corporation itself. I think when you've got things like. Uh, Netflix, or if you're watching things online and you can just like switch on to different sections which give you exactly what you're looking for, then it just becomes a bit homogenous. Is that the right word? It's just like, say me, everything's grouped together. But this uh. is what I don't like about viewing things on the internet only is that you tend to just start watching the same thing for about a week. You're watching the same YouTube channel yeah. and then you get bored of it yeah. and then you move to another different channel and you yeah, start watching like they I've haven't watching- made enough things yeah well it's obviously it's, it's it's like the power the increased power of choice that we have now in terms of what we want to watch it's given everything a real sort of personalization like you can sort of see what you you know you can see what you want to see which means ultimately sometimes you don't see things that you should or things that you'd really like that you'd not watch otherwise yeah so you know but it's, it's, it's inevitable i remember you know when we had just you know um, four television stations and everybody watched the same thing and yeah, everyone would yeah. talk about Channel 5 came out and everyone, everybody would, would, would have the diaries. same conversation <laughs> wouldn't they? everyone would talk about the same shows yeah. on the Monday so a survey conducted online last year found that uh, up to 60% of Britons would be happy with the BBC licence fee being scrapped and my first comment to that was 60% of Brits are retards how uh, you think it's a stupid move I think it is a terrible move I think it's such a reactionary thing when you mean I don't have to pay anything? Oh yeah, that's fine. It doesn't matter what happens. I don't care about the repercussions. I'm not paying. I'm not doing that in the here and now. So I'm saving money now. And people are just reactionary. Audiences are so fractured over so many different channels now that it's really hard to actually get 
Yeah. I you mean, can get specific demographics, but not in the numbers like you used to be able to get back in the late 90s. Yeah, and advertisers still look at it that way. They're still lost in the mid, yeah, mid-90s mid when it was still... Yeah, they're figuring out you can find them online, but still the most bang for your buck is still radio. And then if you really want wide appeal, like national appeal, TV is really the way to go. How uh, how damaged is the BBC brand for you, Tim, Mister? I've never watched iPlayer. Damaged, yeah. I say um, terribly damaged. Terribly damaged in, in in terms of I think I think the Jimmy Savile thing was 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 a massive hammer blow to the BBC's reputation. Yeah, simply but... simply for the simple fact that that ninety nine percent of the general population didn't know he was a filthy necrophile pedo. <laughs> he was a necrophile. He was a necrophile. Necrophile? Yeah. He what? played with dead bodies? Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. He didn't... No, he didn't exhume a body like... He didn't have to exhume a body. He, 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 he had he, coroners he, in his back pocket. Well, he he, wor- he worked in um, <laughs> fucking all the hospitals. He had his own, like, wing in Leeds Hospital. <laughs> and he used to go down <laughs> to the mortuary. And, like, it's, it's all recorded. But anyway, so let me get back to the topic, yeah? So like I said, like I said, right? Necrophilia. <laughs> 99% of the population didn't know that he was a filthy mm. necrophiliac paedophile, right? Until all, it all came out. But s- certain people very high up in the BBC... Did know. Paul Merton revealed it on Have I Got News For You. He revealed the big rumour that everyone kind of... What, before he died? Yeah. Before he died. But but despite all this... Late 90s. Despite all this, the BBC put on a very well-made, touching documentary about Jimmy Savile in the aftermath of his death. And I remember watching it, and I didn't know he was a filthy necrophile (laughs) paedophile at this point. (laughs) And I was watching it, and I was thinking, oh man, what a really nice guy. Look at all this stuff he's done for charity. He was like one of the first DJs, someone who'd like play music on a turntable, and people would pay him to do that. He was one of the first people to do that. He'd done all this stuff for charity, progress. And, you know, the programme ended with him like looking out over the sea at a picture of his grave. Lovingly. Yeah, and I was just like... I buried a body down there. And I was thinking, oh, what a nice guy. And then, down 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 down. But how absolutely evil and cynical to put that programme out, knowing that yeah. he had done all these disgusting things. I'll give you, that's, that's shitty, the broadcasting that. Alan Yentob should hang his head in shame. Alan Yentob is a cock. Oh, oh my He's God. He's a very well-paid um, cock. He is. <laughs> so be careful what you cock. say, man. He's probably listening. He's well, a he cock gave up well trying to work at the BBC <laughs> years ago. But you see, this, this feeds into the whole thing of the BBC not just being a television company. It's more than that. It's the establishment. It's part of the establishment. So like Jimmy Savile, he was part of the BBC, but he was like best mates with the Royals and national treasure. Yeah, exactly. So the BBC sort of seeped into the, to the sort of British substructure like that. So if it goes away, that would change things. True. But anything that's huge hides its per, 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 Peterfiles. Proclivity. You say fucking proclivity. So yeah, so it's that definitely damaged. And I know it's just one thing. I see that comment a lot online where people like whenever the BBC comes up in a news story, the comments you know, you never scroll down to read the comments. I always do. Jimmy Savile features a lot on any story involving the BBC. Which is a shame because how one is like one man can make a difference, <laughs> you know. One one, one so a person. Lot of children's I know. Like the yeah, worst yeah. Ways. <laughs> oh, d- dear Jim, could you fix it for me to have my childhood ruined? <laughs> no. Now then, now then. <laughs> no. But do you think people who already He's... disliked the BBC jumped onto that and yeah. used it as a sort of? Stick I'm sure to it beat turned the BBC some with. people as well. Yeah. I'm sure it turned some people against the BBC. It turned me against the, the upper echelons of the BBC simply because I thought they had knowledge of this and they put this program on knowing this. 
All right, one thing that bothers me about the BBC is that whenever uh, ITV, Channel 3, Channel 4, whenever they get a successful programme, the BBC immediately copy it. But there is a reason why they do that. They're Part of their charter states they have to compete but they try with and, commercial channels. They try and copy in it. They try to copy it in their own unique style. Not really. So whereas, whereas Channel 4 had Big Brother, BBC had the island that's that the was islands. more a survivor thing that was copying yeah. survivor it was reality though, tv no, but i'm but trying that, to think of other examples though they've copied the that's... voice um the, ca- oh, the, ca- yes. the academy thing they yeah, had yeah. before the voice that was copying um what's his name simon cowell who's that's the, who's all the they be- do they chase no one knows what works so each when one thing works other channels chase it are you would you be happy to see the bbc become a commercial channel like itv or channel 4 like, no. and have ad breaks no, I hate ad breaks. I'm, I'm quite glad that in this country our ad breaks aren't too fucking, you know, excessive. Take too long, yeah. excessive. It's not like in America, America. Every two, Jesus every two Christ. minutes, there's an advert. It's fucking disgusting. Yeah. It's a but in the past, in the past fifteen years, what used to be a three minute ad break has now gone up to Four minutes six now. minutes. But like I said, if, if if the BBC was was maybe given more flexibility in the way it advertised, it might not even have to do traditional adverts between programs. It could do product placement. Oh, on or they could have a dedicated shopping channel like QVC just selling tat. <laughs> well, it'd be BBC DVDs and shit, wouldn't it? Yeah, Ed the Duck dolls. Well, no, they already have that. They've <laughs> you got can already new, get shit like that. They've already that's got what I mean. the, They've got this Wait. BBC uh, shop uh, shop online. <laughs> I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, only now, know, only this year. It. I'm sure there's tons of Doctor Who bollocks. And- yeah, but they've got old programming that you can buy now. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't bear tuning into BBC and like five minutes into a program. Yeah, ad break. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know when it fades to black. Mm. I hate that, and I hate seeing that little black and white thing in the top corner. But to answer your question, Tom, I think it's inevitable that the BBC will be will lose its independence and become a commercial channel. But being a commercial channel, it can still be an independent commercial channel. Well, who's no, no commercial channel is like ever said, independent. It, ITV have yeah. had to pull programming because their advertisers didn't like yeah. it. But like, I mean, Channel Four have had to do it. I mean, fuck it. If yeah. you want to get into the deep of American channels, especially with product placements, having to rewrite programming just so hmm. their products are prominently placed places. That's why I enjoyed the idea when you were going to have a product placement. They were going to have a little dot in the top corner, a little like, green P. But I think I think from this conversation we can see that we all actually even despite me saying i didn't like it i think we all actually do like the bbc yeah, i love the BBC. quite a lot but it's sad i think it's inevitable that it is going to either disappear or have to downsize dramatically i don't think they can continue doesn't. to exist in the modern world of tv on tv on demand and unlimited choice then you're getting more like pc tv now and you know, smart tv and like mm. i say the way the world's going you're getting a lot more user generated content so to say a lot more people making their own programs there like will podcasts. be there will eventually be a tom dick and hyman show youtube channel eventually would you guys risk someone like a trump coming in and buying the bbc like a or maybe like a russian billionaire only got well we almost had that we almost had that with uh, uh the broadcaster uh, b sky b murdoch with murdoch yeah well, he owns B Sky. Well, he owns part of B Sky B. Yeah. yeah, but it was going to be a uh, an actual monopoly of the. Uh, he would own all of, of, it, of yeah. the, 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 the over fifty one percent of the digital uh, fucking. Use your words. Sky. Um, yeah, digital channels. Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Because Berlusconi, of course, like he bought up a shitload of media in Italy yeah. and just gave himself wall-to-wall positive coverage. There was like a 20-year period where the Italians had no idea their country was completely corrupt. Because ITV and Channel 4, they hate the BBC. They would love to see it lose its independence. But I'm I'm voting no on having, turning the BBC into a commercial channel. Mm-hmm. I think, like, um, a lot of people complain about the BBC that, they're oh, they do programmes that I don't watch. And it's like, yeah, that's kind of the point. That's what a broadcaster is. A public service broadcaster. They're kind of supposed to do things like that. What do you guys... BBC independence, yes, no? No, I think they should uh, maintain their independence. They, no, 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 they should... I think they should receive the money that they already get. They should keep the taxpayers' contributions. I agree with you too. I say I say no, but to, to quote that guy from The Matrix, it is inevitable. <laughs> they, they, they are going to have to go commercial. It's just the way the world is. Well, the way they're spending some of their money, I saw like um, oh, Graham Norton uh, takes two hundred and eight million pounds a year. Two hundred? No, sorry, probably two point yeah, eight. <laughs> no, 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 no. I heard no. It's more than two point eight. I think James is right. It's something ridiculous. But I like Andrew Neil's idea that you you list how much. By the way, anyone who doesn't is not aware. The BBC now are going to have to any TV talent who uh, earns more than the Prime Minister has to have their salary published. But Andrew Neil says, "Hey, I'm fine with that. Yeah. But just have the number of programs I worked on in the year next to it." Mm. Yeah, no, a which good, I think it's fair. No, yeah. a good list because a lot of these people work on a lot of different programs. But then you all so like Andrew Neil, that's a good idea of his because it will show that he's actually like really good value for money. But it'll also probably sharp other people who only do like two or three shows a year and get <laughs> billions. Fuck you, Davina McCall. <laughs> all right, coming up in segment two. I've forgotten, Hyman. What is it going to be? Oh. Dementia and the way it affects your memory. Yeah, and do we need new political parties? Well, I'm voting for the Monster Raven Looney Party. What's wrong with you, Kip? <laughs> it sort of speeds things up, but what's fundamentally wrong is that the two main parties don't reflect the divisions in this country anymore. They reflect ancient, dead divisions, and the real ones between social conservatives and social liberals particularly and against those who wish this to be an independent country and those who prefer it to be in the European Union, were much better reflected in the referendum. And the ghosts of two new parties emerged uh, in that referendum. You can see them almost taking shape in front of us. If only we could get rid of the two old dead corpse parties, we might actually have some real politics in this country instead of dreadful Blairite consensus that we've suffered for the past, what is it, nearly 20 years. But that was Peter Hitchens there, raising the question that I want to ask now. Is there a need for new political parties? There are Labour right now are just in complete fucking turmoil. Oh, disarray. Likely, looking like there might actually be a split in the Labour Party. The Tories are kind of so split we can get, as like, well. Labour light. Yeah, I mean the Tories are split as well, but they're the incumbent party right now, so it's highly unlikely that they're actually going to split into but- two separate entities. Brexit itself has obviously exposed if you will, a clear division in the country. Oh, yeah, it separated the racists from... (laughs) (laughs) From the Camerons. (laughs) The Labour are kind of split along two lines. Social Democrats and then, like, actual socialists. You know, your Marx-reading types. But that's the thing as well. Like, if Are we only getting, like, fractures of old parties or are we getting whole new sets of parties? There might be a um, pro-EU party. Yeah. You know how there's UKIP? which is obviously anti-EU, get the UK out of the EU. Mm. Tim Farron has proposed, well, he said he's not against the idea, 
of there being a pro get get the UK back in the EU party. I'm looking for a get the fuck on with sign an Article 50 party. Like, you're talking about parties splitting now. I think Mm. there's going to be turmoil in both the Conservatives and Labour going forward. Because we haven't signed Article 50 yet, because we aren't fully out of Europe, it's all still to play for, for Mm. both sides, in terms, like, of being massively unpopular. Both parties could really fuck up now, like the Conservatives, if, if they don't get sign Article 50 on Brexit ASAP, they're going to isolate and alienate a whole load of people. Do you think, does anyone think the Labour Party should split? Cameron, you're nodding your head. I think it should just die and let something else rise from its ashes. It's really just become quite a a noxious element. (laughs) New, new Labour. New, new, yeah. Labour 2.0. It's not the Labour Party, it's the new Labour Party. The new, new, old Labour Party. Exactly. Yeah. 1983 classic vintage edition Labour Party. <laughs> uh, and the uh, Labour Party leadership contest is coming up. I am a fully paid up main member. How much did you Le- pay? Three, three pounds, pounds or 25? <laughs> I, pay, I pay the full six pounds a month. Oh, a month? <laughs> yeah. What do you get for that? Do you get like a poster of Corbyn? Do you get like a no. badge? You, Fri- get a card. you get a card that's not even really a card. It's, a, it's stickers that you fold in half right down the middle and that's your Labour membership card. It's not even really plastic card. But See, I intend in the Labour leadership contest to vote Corbyn instead of Owen Smith. Why? Because I, I kind of want... I too want to see the Labour Party split. I want to see it... Like I say, it's um, it's a combination of like social democrats and hardcore socialists, right? And and which two, do you prefer? I prefer the social democrat side, which is not Corbyn. But I think by Corbyn maintaining his leadership, staying on as leader... It would completely rupture the party in two. Oh, yeah, I think it's fine because look at—they're they're useless in terms of being an official opposition anyway. So it's not like you're losing out on that. Plus, I think it's time. I mean, what most political parties I think don't last over a hundred years. I think the Tories are kind of unique. But then again, they've got that built-in advantage of they're like, well, look, years ago everything used to work great. That's an easy. Advantage you know, what we should them. bring back. We should bring back the Whig Party. Because what I'm kind of hoping is. The Social Democrats just leave Labour and then go join the Lib Dems, who are desperate for MPs right now. Yes, they are. And then I would basically, at that point, I'd probably leave the Labour Party and just go join the Lib Dems. Do you not think they would be remarkably ineffectual? Do you not think Labour's remarkably ineffectual? Oh, right yeah, now? yeah, yeah. Well, I think they desperately need to get rid of Corbyn. Yeah, I knew there was a lifespan to a party, but it's, it would be interesting to live through that, actually. Yeah. To live through, like, such a monumental change, like... Uh, like a pole shifting. We've said before on this podcast that the reason the Tories exist is purely to oppose Labour. So when Labour ceased what, to nowadays? Exist, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Once Labour was formed, the Tories were like, oh my God, we have to stop these maniacs, right? Well, I think it's more the other way around. The Labour Party existed to stop the craziness of the Tories. Well, no, they exist to kind of help the working class. That was the idea. Yes. But the so- Tories, as soon as they're like, what? You're, you're helping the plebs? That's like a real unifying force for the Tories, the fact Labour exists. So if Labour splits and the hardcore socialists kind of destroy themselves as they're known to do, what the Tories lose their raise and detriment, right? Because the Tories are split as well. There's kind of like classical liberals and then there's... Then there's paleo-conservatives, like the real kind of, we should just go back to having Christian values and get rid of gay marriage and all that. And of course the Tories also split down the lines of remain and leave. No. But again, I keep Which still saying, isn't... Yeah. So is Labour in that regard as well, though. Whoever's yeah. the Chief Whippet... Corbyn like, especially wanted to leave. Chief Whippet. Definitely voted leave. I know, he, I know he voted leave. He's a little stealthy ninja with a beard, that Corbyn. <laughs> I like him. Do you think the Tories 
should split once Labour's had its demise. No, I don't think they will. I think some will get like fall to the wayside. Tories are a slightly different beast, I think. I think the Conservatives are naturally more... Electable. Conservatory. Like, they'll actually keep quiet. Conservatory. Yeah. I think... Conservationists? Conservationary, yeah. But I honestly think they're more more prepared to keep their mouth shut to maintain the status quo. We have a first-past-the-post electoral system, and that basically ensures there's only ever going to be two major parties. There's two big parties, and then there's everybody else. Is it time that we abandoned first-past-the-post? And went for a more PR proportional representation. Hyman, you've said nothing for about four minutes. Yes, sorry. <laughs> oh, good answer. <laughs> Tim? <laughs> we've, already ha- we've already had a referendum on proportional representation, and we mm. voted to not have it. And I don't think this think country's we should respect uh, keen on anymore. You see, if, if, you're in, if, you're in the adva- if you've got the advantage, then first past the post is, is perfect for you. Why would you want to get rid of it? Um, well, it, it, I think... And it does give you definitive answers, but it, it's a much narrower bandwidth of choice. I like. I don't see any problem with you know STV single transferable vote no. where you you rank them like one to six. You don't have to do all six if you don't want to. But it, yeah, you have your first vote, and if that person doesn't win or doesn't go through to the next round, mm. then it goes. And it gives you a good sense of like I don't. Elections shouldn't be all or nothing when there's more than two parties. If there exists more than two parties, you shouldn't be forced to just pick one. You should be able to say, this is, the, this is my big pick, and then, uh, if, I, if I can't have them, yeah, okay, fine, maybe these guys, and if I can't have them, okay. But the thing that I found interesting is that, you know, you're asking us if we need new political parties, but of course, there are already a lot of political parties, smaller ones, in, in the country. You see it at any sort of local election, there'll be these like weird little parties of no consequence. When you talk about new political parties, what's going to make a new one of comparable power to the existing ones? Like you say, it's going to take something like a split in Labour rather yeah. than someone starting up something new. Yeah, well, I mean, UKIP in 20, 25 years arrived on the scene. Yeah, it's a long time to, you know, it's not an overnight success, was it? Yeah, but I mean, it never is overnight success. I mean, mm. women's equality parties come some way in relatively short span of time if we did have proportional representation i would like the parties to be amended in a way so i'd like to see labor split along the lines of like social democrat versus actual socialists i'd like to see the tory party the so-called conservative party split along the lines of like classical liberals right-leaning liberals and more Hardcore paleo conservatives. What's a paleo conservative? I bring back. You're just making up words now. It's a it's a kind of an American term, but these are the conservatives that are. Is it a polite way of saying fascist? No, they're not really fascist, but they're very much laissez pro laissez faire capitalism, right? Obviously, but they would also say, do you know what? A country like the UK, it's a Protestant Christian country. It should be a Protestant Christian culture. You know, there shouldn't be any gay marriage or anything like that. Okay. You'd have two strong forms of left-wing party, two strong forms of right-wing party. Have a green party, you know, conservationist. Have a feminist party. Just for giggles. And then uh, have something what I would call the triangulation party. What's a that? Political triangulation. party. <laughs> <laughs> but triangulation is the Bill Clinton thing, where you take the policies of other parties that are really popular or that you think are actually quite good ideas, Mm. And this is what the triangulation party would do. They would take all the ideas they think are great from all the other parties and yeah. put that in their manifesto. But their their rules would state they can't come up with ideas of their own. 
Okay. And they have to state where they got the idea from. Yeah. Okay. I nicked this from John. Yeah. <laughs> and then last but Down not the least. <laughs> yeah. I heard him talking to Sheila. Well, Wait, but, talking about John yeah, from the pub, no, the but, last party would be the anti-politics party, where it's all just no one... No, no one turns party, up at all. It? People who aren't even interested in politics are running. Just the <laughs> yeah, wild. there was an advert on Dave. <laughs> yeah. The wild card party. What would you do if you'd be PM? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, do I get an office? Alright. Do I get a free ping pong table in the yeah. office? Sweet. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think those should be the party names. Like you shouldn't have anything fancy. You shouldn't have anything like misleading. It should just be like it should but, it should do what it says on the tin. But wait, triangulation like party Hill. where someone just takes the idea of some other people. Yeah. But then if you hadn't thought of it or haven't got anyone thinking up these ideas, then you haven't really thought them through. You're saying you're about, the other parties are coming up with the ideas. Yeah, but does that mean you've actually got think tanks coming in and thinking about these things? All you're doing is kind not of going, the, not that's a good idea, but do we do we know how it works together? There would still be think tanks and things like that. Yeah, but they if, just you, if you, the if triangulation you, party would just never hire. Yeah, them. but if you take ideas from other parties, I mean, that sound good and you think might work. Not all ideas work together. There are some policies that are so shitty but only work with good ideas coming out of certain parties. Don't you think that's representative of people more and more these days, though? Like the whole um, Chris Rock routine on, oh, I'm, I'm left-wing on some things, I'm right-wing on other things. All right, what do you think of uh, my idea of having these parties split along these sort of lines, where it's really just any fucking idiot can look at the names of the parties and get an idea of what they stand for. Well, that sort of split that you've done, it pretty much does a whole 360 of the political compass, doesn't it? Not entirely. There's no white nationalists on there. Oh. Oh, okay. We found your line. There's a flaw. <laughs> okay. No, I, I mean, yeah. It's, it's, How's Tim going to feel basic. that he belongs? <laughs> it's, a little, it's a little He's basic. got the paleo conservatives. <laughs> Why do you all think I'm a massive racist? Because <laughs> you voted you kid. <laughs> Because you're black. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you could form your own political party, what what would the main tenets of that party be? Oh, Tim is eager. I can tell you're eager to answer this. I have a, a radical alternative to our current system of politics. Go on. I think make being an MP like doing jury service, right? Okay. Oh, someone gets randomly picked. Lottery, like the ancient Athens kind of thing. Yeah, every 18 months, anyone who's a registered voter you get entered into a lottery and if you pop up boom you get a job for 18 months your employer if you have one is paid a stipend you're paid right. a whopping 80 grand for 18 months and you do the job and you're only doing it for 18 months you can't do it again that'll stop corruption yeah but that's great for, that's great for politicians but then you still have you still have an underbelly of government yeah that wouldn't change You'd be going back to the old 1970s. These are the people that actually run it. Shout out, Hyman. I don't know. <laughs> but, 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 but you could say that. But you could say that. You could say that. Do you what... mean civil servants? Yes. Yeah, sorry, that's what I meant. But yeah, like... but they don't really do. They don't implement ideologies. Really, they yeah. just kind of carry out. Yeah, but they can day, block day. it. They can slow it down. They can do all that type mm. of shit. Again, I, I think this is going to be my sort of catchphrase for the the the, the, the show. This this time is, is i don't know jim will fix it for you inevitability oh right <laughs> the parties labor on this it is fracturing maybe under the surface the conservatives are fracturing if things are fracturing it means eventually 
They're going to fracture. So I think... <laughs> well, yes. So we've got fucking Byron in here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Such a wordsmith. Look, it, it, I think I think we are we are going to see a big split. And like I say, with, with the ad, the internet's changed things now, simply because with social media, people are able to discuss things on a much more open level mm. publicly. Well, I think we're your, getting a lot more new party, ideas. What's your though? That's My personal asked, party. <laughs> yeah. Five minutes ago was, <laughs> what political party would you form? God, that's a tough one. Well, that was the question. It would be like... <laughs> would peace, it be the peace? Kung Fu party? No, it would be like, maybe Kung Fu would be a good one. If you sort of based it Everyone on... Everyone has to practice. Right? If, you, if, you, if you based it on the tenets of the Shaolin Temple, apart yeah. from the vegetarianism... Apart from all the criminals <laughs> hiding in their yeah, fucking underbelly. Yeah, just sort of peace, justice, honesty and fairness. You know, that's what everyone wants, isn't it? Yeah. Plus, I'd probably have a few more public holidays. <laughs> I don't know. Mine would be kill them all, let God sort them out. The Jewish party. <laughs> yeah, because of all the Jewish wars that have been started. Well, the Jews pray to their, their God and their God will send down plagues and do, do the job. Yeah, That's yeah. what it says in the Bible. That's Cameron, what you, what, they've got Cameron. backup from above. I am going to keep my opinion firmly to myself oh, on this one. Fuck's I don't know. I don't That's know. What, what would Liz do? Friends are asking me. <laughs> what, what, what would Liz do? Party party would <laughs> what? Yeah, what would Liz do? Yes. Ask the wife party. Ah, oh, what party would I have? The misanthropic, self-loathing Jeremy party. Clarkson party. Jeremy Clarkson isn't self-loathing. Jeremy Clarkson. No, he's not. His, no, he's his, membership, his membership would be rejected. He's, he's a spineless jelly ill. Jeremy Clarkson. He's oh, gone down in my. EU, he's gone down in my approximation because he wrote this fucking pro EU article. Just basically yeah, saying we should stay in because they're so scared about what could happen. Exactly. I won't be able to drive on the roads. Yeah. <laughs> I'll definitely put the speed limit up. It's gonna fuck up. <laughs> up and yeah, just make stuff a lot less bureaucratic. I'd sack like half the civil service. And then, hire and then them have again. to hire them again. <laughs> <laughs> Three rate. times, maybe. So the Rio, Rio Olympics are going on right now. I've not watched a single... I've only seen a couple of clips. How very unpatriotic of you. So, um, global viewership figures apparently are down on this Olympics from the last London 2012 Olympics. And uh, I think it's roughly, in terms of average viewing figures, it's, uh, they've lost a third of the audience. What? That's a huge... That's billions of people. It's millions, yeah. Wait, are you talking just in this country or... Worldwide. 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 Oh, okay. I was going to say. Is, when you watch There's still the, tens of millions of people watching it. When yeah. you watch the Olympics and you see, like, the seats. At Lon- in the London uh, Olympics, the seats were, like, packed. Like, everyone was filling the fucking... Sold place. out. Yeah, sold out. But the ones in Brazil, they're fucking practically empty. There's barely anyone seeing it. And it shows what events, though, are we talking? The majority, even the athletics, man. It it's was not like, packed bad. auditorium. That's bad, then. It was not packed. Well, they even yeah, had to reference it being the... Um, austerity games they they saw yeah. they even referenced it in the opening ceremony that they it's were trying the to save a bit when of cash. they did the uh, running of the torch like the last guy's take it was like a Brazilian musician or like artist or something like that and <laughs> at the end of it he pulled down his pants and he was wearing oh, a thong and on his ass cheeks he had written a message I can't remember what it was in Spanish but it was like um, Portuguese the name of the Portuguese but the name of the president out basically mm. wow she's been arrested for corruption she's on out. corruption charges yeah but um, 
the two major broadcasters, NBC and BBC, they're blaming it on the fact that the audiences are fractured amongst uh, all these different streaming services. I can believe that. But that doesn't really explain that big a drop. Well, then they should stop fucking putting stuff out on, go like, check out our YouTube channel. Go like, yeah, sorry. Say again, come I think the BBC have done a fantastic job of covering the Olympics. Um, in the, yeah, they normally know, do. Yeah. It's constantly running BBC Two, BBC One. No ad breaks. Uh, they've got uh, on iPlayer. They've got their own like dedicated page where it's like you can watch whichever the events they are, and they're all like you know compartmentalized and stuff. Yeah. So you can go and find them easily. It's, then, I think they've done a great job. Yeah, but you can kind of tell that viewership is down. Because I've not heard anyone in the office talking about yeah, it. Normally, it's like a you know the water cooler type. Yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you've got to think. Four years ago, not only was, was the Olympics in this country, yeah, it was on at a time when people could watch it. This is because of the yeah, time zones. This if, one, if, if you, you want to watch, watch it live, the last match mm. today, you got to stay up to like two o'clock, one thirty. They're yeah. six hours behind. I think. So that's the, uh, that's probably affected a big chunk of the European plus some viewership. of it as well. Like uh, some events, the American like um, broadcasters managed to push for certain events to be set at American times so the American public would actually watch it. It's only an hour or two. It was swimming, maybe? No, only I mean, an hour or two difference between Yeah, them. well, they're, they're on New York time. Yeah, I think it's literally plus... It's either plus or minus one hour from the East Coast. Yeah. yeah. The West Coast would be plus three or four, I think. Yeah. Plus or minus, whatever. There have been some like, weird moments, like, um, oh, shit, the, the, the Olympic diving pool, which is outside for some reason. It's yeah. green. It's full, yeah. of, it's full of Zika. Zika, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, oh, there'll be no harm to the divers. Isn't that, um, like they're diving into this green, I know, it's purple. Doom. It's purple when you've urinated in the pool. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's it was really fucking high People up. People coming out and their eyes are burning. <laughs> How many Islamic countries blamed it on menstruation? <laughs> menstruation. <laughs> so, I mean, has anyone here been watching the Olympics? I've, I've not watched it. Yes. I've been watching it. I'm loving I've it. Avidly. it. Avidly, yeah. Following Team GB. Oh, yeah. yeah, I think they've done really well. We're third on the medal table. We're man. super punching above our weight. Damn. We're third on the medal table. Because I know the cycling... I don't know for how long. The cycling, we spent oh, more we money came. than anybody else. Yeah, so it's only right is, that we take more money. For a lot of events, we haven't actually been doing that well in the four-year run-up to the Olympics. We've been failing a lot of things. And now, all of a sudden, it's just come together. Like, oh, what was it? We got the first uh, men's gold diving uh, for 108 years, possibly. Oh yeah, 108 years. I, I I'm not a natural sports fan. I don't follow the sort of domestic sports, but I always love watching the Olympics because of the whole potential for sort of international Incidents. controversy, and you just see the sort of nation's character and pride oh, coming yeah, like through. The Russians. And from a political, exactly like the Russians, from a political standpoint, the, the Olympics is always fascinating because it sort of it sort of f- focuses in on the current world stage of politics yeah. and expresses it well, through come, the medium of sport. Like, with, with the Russians getting doped and people not shaking people's hands because they're... Oh, oh what was that? We'll come to that. Uh, yeah. The, the fuck-ups, though, have been beautiful. Um, I remember watching the Filipino team come and do the uh, the diving. Men's oh, that's, oh, that yeah. was joyous four years ago that as well. Was, that, was, that was beautiful to Where watch. Where they're high-fiving yeah. each other, even though yeah, they belly they flopped. Because they don't have... I don't, I'm not no. sure if there's more than one swimming pool. Yeah. And I'm not even trying to be funny there. I don't think there are really any swimming pools, let alone diving, do you know what I mean, boards. But I've only, watched, I've only watched two clips from these, this Olympics, Rio Olympics, yeah. repeatedly. One is the weightlifting dude who's elbow dislocated. Ugh. And the other is the, uh, I can't remember what country she was from. I think she was Dutch. Dutch she was a yeah. cyclist and she came, she was on this road race. Face palmed. No, worse she was than in, that. She was in the lead. She, um, yeah, she was coming up to this hairpin, a really tight hairpin. She came in too quickly. Mm. 
And uh, she went over the front handlebars, and it, all of the roadside curbs are like two feet tall. And she broke her back, I think. And I watched that clip repeatedly. I watched the guy. Why? Break his Why arm are you repeatedly. watching that repeatedly? I've been That's watching fetish. Shouting proud, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah pain bro. porn. <laughs> I've been watching too many of these fail videos. On oh, YouTube, I love them. Like, I love. The I, I love. What, the are you putting music to these Olympic fuck ups? <laughs> 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 no, it's, if, if, if you're feeling a bit down, just type in parkour fails, and oh, you know you. Oh, when they hit their face, that's the best one. Yeah, <laughs> skateboarding fails are pretty fucking gnarly as well. See, like the video of uh, is it Michael Phelps? Is that the swimmer? Yeah. Uh, him <laughs> coming in, psyching himself up, wearing his hood. Oh, he Everyone's did. lightning him to uh, the- Anakin Skywalker before he goes and kills all the Padawans at the Jedi Temple. The Death Stare. Yeah, there's one line that someone's made like a a a, 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 a gif. Or gif. <laughs> um, and uh, this guy's. I know, it's got this Brazilian guy, and it looks like he's swinging his cock in front of Phelps, and Phelps' like eyes light up and like lasers blow up the Brazilian guy's head. It's very funny. I'll see if I can find it. <laughs> <laughs> so we did a podcast a couple of episodes back about the debacle that was the run-up, the preparations oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. to the Rio Olympics. Now, do you think we've had a real negative effect on the viewership, Hyman? Are we responsible for this? We brought the tone down at the very least. We lowered expectations, I think. I mean, so we we warned that some of the sailors were going to hit things. They were going to hit like shopping trolleys, that, and, stuff, and that, that actually happened. I think it was like happened, a, really. I think it was a chest of drawers they hit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised there aren't a lot more political murders done. Just left bodies floating in these rivers. So look, we're not responsible for this. Don't blame it on us, Rio. Now, Hyman, you have a, a thesis, if you will, for why viewership is down from London 2012. We've already hosted it. We've we've had our we've come, we've come and gone. <laughs> we've had our say and we've had our play, and we don't give a shit anymore. I that's what I think. We've invested. We put our heart and soul into. Come on, you know, feel the noise. <laughs> I, I know what you mean, though. The sort of the 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 the, the, the much talked about Olympic legacy right. from London twenty twelve. That didn't really transpire so much in London. It's not like everyone suddenly became an athlete and started doing sports. <laughs> no. I think. I think actually um, we all started doing the horse riding. No, 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 no. I mean, you, you look at the Olympic actual area; it's a fucking pile of shit. Yeah, we, yeah. we, we built all these. Um, Just f- Stratford. We built general. these um, f- facilities and stuff. But I actually mm. think in the four years since the Olympics, like funding for disabled sports has actually taken a hit. And all these sort of things. So I don't that's think I don't that's think the Tories for you. Yeah. So I, I don't really think that um, whatever the Olympic legacy was meant to be, uh, we actually sort of took on. But whether or not that explains why less people are watching it now, I don't think so. I think I think the viewership will shoot up again towards the end. Oh, it's like a like a like a any a, any motor race. You watch it at the start, you ignore it in the middle, yeah. and then you catch it at the end. Uh, F one in general. Yeah. And it's like the Olympics, they always save the, the big events towards the, the end of the, the whole thing, don't they? Do you say, I mean, would you call it a burnout that the London 2012 was so hyped that everyone was so excited for I mean, it that it's going to take another eight years before we care about another Olympics? syndication that mm-hmm. it's almost, yeah, burnout's a perfect term because yeah. we just had it pushed in our faces all the time. Yeah, quite a bit, yeah. And now... Penis. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You've been watching Game of Thrones again. (laughs) So uh, there was a headline, there was an incident that generated some discussion. And it was a BBC commentator by uh, the name of Matt Baker. 
And he was Chris criticised for cheering on the British diving team a little too much. He was just a little too patriotic for Guardian readers. <laughs> Wait, hold on. How can you cheer something on too much? He was kind of like, come on, Tom Daly, you can do it. And he, oh, he, he's referring to Tom Daly by his first name. He's not being impartial. What? Yeah, he was too patriotic. That's not patriotic. Too impartial, too one-sided. Now, I mean, That's this... what they're paid for to be. Well, you'd look... I think Matt we Baker just want to probably watch sportsmanship. Sportsmanship's fine, but you still support a team. Yeah, yeah, Matt Baker probably knows these people on a personal level, and so yeah, he's emotionally attached to seeing them. He's emotionally invested in seeing them succeed. Well, but what like, does that say about us that we can't really just be like pro Team GB? It's sad, isn't well, it? I think it's also like we're, we're a multicultural society with a lot of like nations represented that aren't first and foremost British like they come over but they still hold on to ties from like original countries and I think these people are probably ones that are getting affected or like insulted or hurt in some way and otherwise it just doesn't make any sense why would you criticise a British reporter cheering on a British team member mm. and but it, but it also like you want your commentator to have a bit of an emotional involvement yeah. because it involves oh, you emotionally you know, well, at all mm. rather than just some dry reticide you know recital of facts so they spend a lot of time like bigging up other teams as well have english has the the stereotypical english football fan soured sports fans getting a little too zealous maybe is that kind of like put a taint on that no getting i think football's always it. been seen as like another element or another animal and like other sports you see people going around and visiting other countries quite respectfully like you know you see the rugby lot going on tour and rugby fans as well they don't kick up the shit storm that british fans <laughs> do like the irish as well during the world cup when they went over to uh, the irish are great sports fans. they are for, and and they were perfect fucking visitors there's one like a uh, video that went around the internet where Whereby I think someone ended up jumping on top of a car and it put a dent in it, and then you can see loads of Irish fans putting money in the car, like trying to pull the, <laughs> the car like door open slightly so they can put money in. Breaking and the then the others, there's loads of others at the top at the roof, and they're just like gently tapping it, and eventually it pops back. They fix it, and like the entire like Irish crowd, like yeah, <laughs> they're a really good bunch. So I mean, usually these days, right, when it comes to sports and big stories, normally it's something negative. It's not the kind of the, the glory, and like we should revere this sporting prowess it's normally something along the lines of like allegations of corruption or allegations of cheating no like, no i um, disagree i think in any any sport there's always some like you know cry or outrage or someone's going to be a complete dick and tarnish the memory of sports or whatever it's going to be but on the whole i think they have been celebrating sports uh, men and women for their achievements uh, so far like people are asking why has um uh, mo farah yeah why is he not be knighted yet why the fuck would you knight him after he, one race? Well, it's not after yeah. one race. He's, he's got a body a of lot work. of men. He's got a large body of work. And, um, like, Chris Hoy's been knighted. Loads but of isn't that, isn't that kind knighted. of to my point, though, that we don't really revere sportsmen anymore? And women. I wouldn't say that. I'd say Jessica Ennis is like a national treasure now. Yeah. Is she British? <laughs> yeah, she's from Birmingham, isn't she? Never heard, never heard of her. What? <laughs> National treasure, my ass. <laughs> I've never heard of her. She okay, won all that's, the gold that's medals. Kind of embarrassing in view, man. She's very I famous. I haven't been watching the Olympics at all. She though. won, like, gold in the last Olympics, heptathlon. Yeah, they called it Super Saturday, didn't they? Yeah, I was around your house. Yeah. I was watching it, it was incredible. Um, and, but in terms of, like, a positive story, she's a very positive story. She went off and had a baby. Yeah, and she had a baby and she's back. Threw herself back into training and it must be so so much so much harder to do with a kid as well yeah. and i think yeah. so that's a really positive thing and that's why i think 
Are there more or less big stars than what there were like 10, 20 years ago? I'd say more. Like Michael Phelps is definitely a big draw. What about... And if you put him in an event, yeah. lots of people will go see it because he's Michael Phelps. I think he's got 22... Yeah. This a is record, 22 gold medals. And you've got Usain Bolt. Yeah, he's another one. He's massive. He, he sort of trans, transcends... He loves where's, the where's, our, where's the Sally Gunnels of the world? <laughs> Jessica <laughs> Ennis. Jessica Ennis. <laughs> and was uh, name? Tom Daly. Chris, Chris, <laughs> he's actually not that good. Johnson Thompson. Katarina Johnson Thompson. But then that's also Chris the talk Ab- of... Chris 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 Agabusi. Where is he? He's doing shitty adverts and selling out. But where's the equivalent of these? There used to be about a dozen. No, Tom, you're talking over time on this. No, how, I'm talking the '90s. Yeah, but I'm also talking like that's ten years. How, how many? <laughs> how, do you know how many yachters are, or even like the the dressage? Yeah, oh, what? No, they're sportsmen. They're still winning. Yeah, goals. but they're not big draws. They're not stars. Why not? They're still sportsmen. Yeah, yeah but, but like, they're some not sport, the atypical sports that everyone kind of gets behind. Yeah, some sports draw bigger audiences than others. Like athletics is normally the biggest draw, but Cameron's saying sometimes the stadium is empty even on the. In uh, this Brazilian coverage, and I think that says more about the Brazilian government. Yeah. Uh, do, you know what I th- do you know what I think's yeah, changed? Yeah, English, do, you know, do you know what British. I think's changed since the nineties? Yeah, I think more people are sort of into sport now than, than the nineties. Like sports, more, yeah, I think sports stars been a push more towards like, a healthier. Yeah, there's, there's that whole sort of health um, culture that's sprung up now. In the 70s, that started. But you know, like how now it's more about the body beautiful and people don't want, the people don't necessarily want a body like a supermodel. They want one like an athlete now. Yeah. So the, the athletics, as recording as of recording this, the athletics are starting up now. They're normally like the big draws in terms of spectator events and ratings. Yeah. I think we'll see the viewership figures go up as, uh, as Usain Bolt comes out. Do you think there's too many events? Because I think but it used to be 18, 19, and now I think it's up to 28. Well, good, good, because there's other like lines of sport that have developed over time, and we shouldn't just be living in an archaic yeah. like highlight sport. And you, you often get the um, you often get the exhibition yeah. events as well, like skateboarding. There is this year, and BMX we had well, they in had London BMX last year. BMX last year. Yeah. I think that went. I down think it's well. it's cool for that sort I think of thing. It's the cool. They had snowboarding, didn't they? Yeah. What? And Winter- the Summer Olympics? No, yeah. the London <laughs> Olympics. Winter Olympics. Oh. Sochi. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would concentrate audiences more. Because obviously the more events you've got on, it's still only a two-week duration for the games. So the more events you've got on, the more events you have running at the exact same time. Afterwards as well, remember. Yeah. But if you're running multiple events simultaneously, obviously you're splitting the audience. Mm -hmm. I respect the Paralympics because they're the ones that actually turned around and said, look, the Russians can't compete. After yeah. the doping scandal. But you can imagine how... But the, 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 the regular Olympics, they were yeah. like, you know, oh, just let them get on, it's fine. Which is terrible, because no if, if you think about the disabled Russian athletes compared to the able-bodied Russian athletes... Yeah. How, how many drugs are sterilised? Yeah. How many drugs are they taking? But don't you think a lot of these, some of these athletes, they have like sort of, you know, they, they're like, they have mental re- re- retardation and, and for them... No, they're just called Russians. Yeah, but, you know, the... No, that's the, the Prince Harry... Games. Uh, that's Invictus. That's for war veterans. The mental... No, Invictus is, is for people who've had arms and legs blown off in Iraq. Oh, I thought it's for people with like mental health problems. No, no, it's, it's for war ah. veterans. The Paralympics, though, you can imagine a lot of these Russian athletes who are disabled to, to miss out on the Olympics. It must be absolutely crushing for them because some of them have mental disabilities and they probably didn't even know they were being fucking force-fed steroids. Whereas with the able-bodied ones, they know what they're fucking doing, you know? And they get to compete. It's disgusting. 
Strictly, that was a bit of controversy, wasn't it? The women in the beach volleyball and the burkas. And some Islamists claimed they weren't covered up enough. Do you remember what Boris Johnson said about the female volleyball players? Uh, He said they were glistening in sweat like uh, slick otters. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a good place to end. (laughs) 